my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and an only child of my mother, he taught me and said, Lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Esteem her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. Hey, we're in uh, Proverbs 4, so turn there if you haven't uh, turned your Bibles already. And let me, uh, let me just lift up our time to the Father. Well, Lord, again, we, we thank you for the family of God, that, uh, that we are sons and daughters of yours, uh, from those who are young, who have come to know you, and those who are old and lived a lot of life in you. And I just thank you for this summer that we can celebrate uh, life together in this uh, beautiful body that uh, you've given us uh, 60 years here at Cole Community Church. It blows my mind. And uh, it's your church, and so we just thank you that uh, you allow us to gather. We thank you for ministering to us. And, Father, we know your Spirit uh, is in our midst, and so I just pray this morning that you would uh, fall afresh upon us, uh, speak to our hearts, and, uh, Lord, we give you nothing but thanks for your goodness. Thanks for, again, the joy of life together in you. Thank you for your word, in your precious name. Amen. Yeah, I was looking at uh, some notes the other day, and, and uh, we're, we're 60 years old, this church. Isn't that crazy? I think we're going to have to celebrate sometime this summer. So God just keeps us, uh, keeps us growing in him and keeps us in the word, and, and what a wonderful uh, foundation we have. One of the things that uh, as you read the papers and as you study history and as you uh, just follow uh, again all that's been taking place uh, throughout generations in the world, I'm always amazed uh, by the pursuits of man. I'm amazed at what they go after. I'm amazed at their ingenuity and, and how they, they come up with things and develop bridges and all kinds of amazing things. And one of the things that I was amazed uh, by this last week uh, was by Kent Couch and his wonderful flight of balloons from Bend, Oregon over to Cambridge. And he put together all, <laughs> I mean, they're party balloons, for goodness sakes. And he tied them all together and had a, had a great crew. And he's tried this several times and third time was a charm where he was able to fly about 235 miles and he was typically about 200 feet above ground and, and uh, had his Red Rider BB gun to uh, shoot down balloons so that he could start to uh, come to earth again. And it was amazing all the time that went into this and, and his wife you know, often would say he's just crazy in his, in his pursuits. And maybe... Maybe, but he did it. 
And it was just a wonderful, delightful thing. And how fun to, to watch across the sky this vast array of color uh, coming through. And he went after it. And, and again, you know, nine and a half hours flying through and, and tons of time preparing the pursuit to fly from with his colored balloons. And one of the things that as I've been reading scriptures and as we have been studying in the Proverbs, Proverbs 4, 7 says this. It says, wisdom is <clears throat> supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. You know, there's many wonderful pursuits in this life. Some are fantastic. Some are are crazy, and yet they're, they're brilliant all at the same time. And these pursuits, again, can be a valuable endeavor in life. But one of the questions I wanted us to think about this morning in our own pursuits is where does the pursuit of wisdom fit into the equation of our lives? Do we go after it? Is it something that is at the forefront of our thinking? that we would obtain wisdom, this incredible call of Solomon in the Proverbs as he speaks in the first nine chapters, specifically to his son, children, and the raising up, passing on this truth of God's that was given to Solomon and how to be wise. The art of skillful living, we called it. Remember, wisdom again came from that beautiful image of the craftsmen weaving together the garments of the high priest in the desert as they prepared the tabernacle. They were called wise because they were obedient to God in the plan that he had laid out. That's wisdom. And so in our pursuits, where does it fit into the equation? You know... The cost of flying from Bend, Oregon to Cambridge, Idaho with Red Ryder BB gun and the tanks and the balloons, the estimated cost was about 6000 bucks. Getting wisdom, priceless. It truly is. And do we go after it? Let me read the scriptures again of 1 through 5 of Proverbs 4. Listen, my son, to a father's instruction and pay attention and gain understanding. Again, we hear this continued call, and you see it over and over again. One of the things that Jackson and I have been talking about as we've been studying the Proverbs together is, is uh, you know, there seems to be repetition in these things. And Solomon keeps saying the same thing in a way. Get understanding, go after it, get it, get it, get it. And it's true. He does keep repeating himself because he wants us to get it. And like he knows of us and our flesh to attain wisdom, uh, sometimes we just kind of let it pass by. And Solomon's like, I want you to grasp this. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, Still tender and only a child of my mother. He taught me and he said, lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. 
Get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. You know, I was thinking as, as Solomon's trying to pass this along and as it came from King David to Solomon, uh, I had the image in this Olympic season of the passing of the torch. And I think that's what's going on here. The passing of the torch as they go from place to place and as we prepare for the Olympics coming up and all the trials are going on right now. The getting wisdom, the going after, the passing along of. And I think Solomon is saying, I want you to catch the flame. I want it to take hold. And I want you to run with it. That your life would be full of the fire of God, the truth of Him, about His character, about how much He loves you, about how to to live life. And so it's this idea of the passing on of the torch. And he he makes reference in verse 3 of when I was a young child, and that's obviously that he was being taught by King David. King David who had run the race. King David who had run away from God, who chose to live on his own for a season. A guy who knew what it meant to, to go after God. A guy who knew what it meant to live in disobedience to God. A guy who knew what it meant to be a king. A guy who knew what it meant to come back to a gracious God. And you know what I find interesting? Remember when the Lord asked Solomon in in the book of Kings, he says, hey Solomon, ask for anything that you would, would like and I'll grant it to you. And I think the reason he asked for wisdom is because King David had been reminding him all along of all the things that you'll need to run a kingdom to live life in righteousness is wisdom. And so I think Solomon wasn't taking a lot of time and thinking it through about what he would ask of the Lord as the Lord asked him that question. I think it was implanted the torch had been passed. Solomon, go after wisdom. And so when the Lord asked, he gave it to him. And then he gave him all the riches and all the power along with it. This passing on of the torch. I found this wonderful article about uh, Michael Reagan, Ronald Reagan's son. And he shares a story about his father and how Ronald Reagan passed on to him this torch, this life of who God was, of who Christ was. I just want to share a little excerpt from his writings. He says, I was so proud to have the Reagan name and to be Ronald Reagan's son. What a great honor. He gave me lots of gifts as a child. He gave me a horse. He gave me a car. He gave me lots of things. But there's one gift he gave me that I think is wonderful for every father to give to his son. Last Saturday, when he opened his eyes for the last time, That's when I realized the gift that he gave me. That he was going to be with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He had, back in 1988, on a flight from Washington, D.C. to Point Magoo, he told me about the love of God. He told me about his love of Christ as his Savior. And I didn't know then what it all meant but I certainly 
certainly know now. I can't think of a better gift for a father to give to a son. And I hope to honor my father by giving my son, Cameron, and my daughter, Ashley, the very same gift that he gave to me. Knowing where he is this very moment, this very day that he is in heaven, I can promise my father this, Dad, when I go, I will be going to heaven as well. And you and I and my sister Maureen, who went before us, we will dance in the heavenly host of angels before the presence of God. He said, I can't think of a more valuable, more precious gift to pass along. In this passing of the torch, and as we think about wisdom and what is being given, I guess one of the questions I want to ask of us as parents and and as grandparents is what are we passing along to our children? Do we in our daily lives of having to work hard and and all the things that come in life, is part of our agenda in in our minds as the Lord is ministering to us, is part of our goal, our chief pursuit, is it to pass the torch to this next generation of the love of Christ, of wisdom, which is truth, of who he is, of how to live life, of how to have salvation. That's wisdom. How to live in the Lord. And I just want you to to think for a moment what it looks like for your day. How do I take time to pass along to this beautiful generation that God has given me, this heritage that comes behind? And what am I doing to invest my time? Or do I get home at the end of the day and I'm just exhausted and it's like, ugh. I have nothing to offer. And yet our children are, are longing and looking for truth. They're looking how to live life. And so I just think as we read the Proverbs, I hope that the Spirit will stir us in just practical ways of, as they go to bed, just reading the Scriptures. As you take walks with your sons or daughters, that you just remind them, you know, look at this creation. God did this just for us because he loves us. There is a Savior. Do you pass that along? There is a Savior, and his name is Jesus. And so the Proverbs keep prompting us, they goad us to think about passing along the torch, that fire of God, that salvation that we sung about this morning. We have life, and we are free indeed because of Jesus Christ. Let's pass that along, that wonderful truth. Wisdom passed along. As we go after, that is our chief pursuit is wisdom. Verse 6 says, Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Wisdom, as we follow it, as we go after God's truth and righteousness, it is, it is about life, but it's also about being careful of how to live life. It's thinking of, again, uh, What it looks like, and and here's, again, you can think of King David going, listen, son, here's some mistakes that I made. Let me give you caution about not entering into this area because it will do nothing but damage. And there's lots of caution in life, isn't there? There's lots of things that give us warning and give us insight because they know that people can be harmed by them. I always find it amusing what you find on 
on different labels, on different items that we purchase about cautions, I want to share a few with you. There's a label on a snow sled. And this one said on the, the snow sled, it said, Beware, this sled may develop high speed under certain snow conditions. When it gets on snow, apparently it picks up speed. Seems kind of obvious, but they guard you against that. On a fishing lure, says, <laughs> says this, Harmful if swallowed. <laughs> I thought this was a good one, but obviously these things have happened, therefore the warnings are there. This was on a baby stroller. It said, said remove child before folding the stroller. <laughs> Cartridge for our laser printers. Uh, one label says, do not eat the toner. I know you HP guys are tempted sometimes. And then I've kind of done this actually before, so I guess it was... But you know those uh, sun shield uh, things in your windows to keep the sun from coming in? Uh, the warning is, uh, do not drive uh, with sunshield in place. <laughs> and uh, I've definitely started my car and almost got going. But, uh, and they're silly, but the reality is obviously somebody, you know, uh, made the mistake. And so the cautions go there. And that's what wisdom does. It protects us. It gives us insight. The, the, four, the foremost purpose of the scriptures, of the, of the gospels, are to give us really, I mean, from beginning to end, and we've talked about this, the scriptures are to give us the love language of God. They're to give us his love story for us. That he radically loves us, each and every one. That's what the, the scriptures are there for. And that he gave us his son who died for us and rose again. That if we should believe in him, confess with our mouth, believe in our hearts that he's Lord, that we shall be saved. That's why we have the scriptures, so that we might know God and specifically his love for us. But the other part of the scriptures that we see is that they're given to, to live in Christ. And part of that is warning, it's caution, it will protect us, wisdom will. Why do we go after it? Because it, it becomes a shield for us. It keeps us on the path of righteousness so we don't fall off the edge. And so to heed the instruction of the Lord, Remember the Lord's talking to us? He's saying, if you love me, if you love me, obey my commands. Because in my words, there's life. I give you life. And so it becomes a, a wonderful protection over us. Wisdom, we respond to God's call and to his care. You know, it's interesting, actually, the imagery that is given here is is that of a, a vine dresser, one who cares for the vine. It's a real vineyard term. The scriptures give us in Genesis 2.15, And the Lord God took the man and he put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And that word to keep it means to, to protect over it to watch over the garden, to care about it, to, to see it flourish. That's what Solomon is saying wisdom does for us as we pursue it. It helps us to grow. It gives us life as we, as we seek out God's truth. And so go after it. Get understanding. Solomon goes over and over again. Get it, get it, get it. 
It's like a, a watchman, a guard at night. Again, has that wonderful idea of a shield over us. I think of John 15, I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. He's the one who tends the garden. And that's what he's saying wisdom does. And the beautiful psalm, as we have times where we're needing protection and we're needing God's guarding and guidance, Psalm 32 says, You are my hiding place, O God. You will protect, you will preserve me from trouble. And you will surround me with songs of deliverance. Sometimes we need that wisdom in our lives as we're going through it and the reminder that, yes, God, you are indeed my hiding place. King David crying out, you're the one who preserves me. And right in the middle of that, you will surround me with songs of deliverance. Man, God gives us wisdom, insight into who he is and his character right in the middle of the circumstance. I love that about the Psalms. Psalm 23, you prepare a banquet right in the midst of my enemies. Wisdom character of God speaking to us through the Holy Spirit. Solomon passing it along in this truth of the Proverbs. It guards our lives. Here's what Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says. It says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Basically, the days are bringing all kinds of incredible, crazy circumstance in the life, and people are, are looking for life and they're looking for wisdom amidst the craziness of life. They're looking for answers. So he says, the days are evil, they're providing opportunity, make the most of every day, but live wisely. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Understand wisdom. Attain it, go after it, so that you and yourself, as the days are evil, full of, again, just craziness, all these curveballs that are thrown at us, you go, Lord, grant me wisdom in the middle of this. Not only for myself, but that I might be able to pass it along to those who need answers about life. Don't miss the opportunity, is what Ephesians is getting after. And then here's what it says. Again, in thinking about why are we pursuing wisdom? Why should it be our main pursuit? And, and Solomon throws this in, in in chapter 4, right in verse 7. And he says this, Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get it. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Wisdom is supreme. What that means in the Hebrew is it's first. It's first and foremost. It is foundational. It is what gives us, again, the foundation to live. It is the first thing of our pursuits. It is, again, supreme. That's why you go after it. It should be on the forefront of our thinking, of our daily lives. It's the same word that's used in the beginning of creation. In the beginning, and the first things God created the heavens and the earth out of Genesis 1. It's the same use. It is 
first. It's foundational. It is the best of the best. It's the choice. It's the filet. And so give me that first cut. The first fruits. The Scriptures in Exodus speak of that. Bring to the Lord the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of God. And what he's saying about wisdom is that it is. It's the first fruits. It's the best of the best. It's, it's, it's your crop has come up and ah, this is it. So go after it. It's everything that, that you attain for in your harvest. And Solomon says that's what wisdom is. Would we attain it? And you know, it's interesting as we read this, this verse, you go, wait a second. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the greatest commandment. What's Solomon getting after? Where's the Lord fit into all this? What's he, what's he saying? He seems to be saying that wisdom is the thing we should go after most. And I think he is in, in light of where we attain wisdom. Do you remember the beginning of Proverbs? It's in the fear of the Lord. It's in this incredible reverence of God, of, of acknowledging and knowing who he is. Remember last week, Jackson reminded us again, it's not this head knowledge. It's to know. It's intimate knowledge as a, as a husband and wife. It all begins there. And so with that as our foundation, that Solomon would say wisdom is supreme, that means along with that comes this incredible intimacy with God. And as we have intimacy with God, we learn what about his son, Jesus? We learn about the need for a Savior. As we pursue God and his path and what he's chosen for us and his will for life, and, and we realize who we are, that we are ones who have fallen from the Lord and we are in need of a Savior, that's the wisdom that is given as we pursue the Lord. And so it is loving the Lord your God with all your being. I'm going after to understand, and not just, again, head knowledge, but that I might intimately know God, and as God ministers to me, He reveals to me the truth about my need for Him, about who I am in Christ. Wisdom reminds us that we are children of God, that Christ lives in us and us in Him. We are placed in Christ. It is supreme. It is first. It is the first fruits. So go after it. That we would have this incredible reverence for Him. That it does become, again, our highest priority in our pursuit of Jesus. Our pursuit of knowing what He has for us. And our minds are, are sharpened and, and our, it goes to our hearts. And it's that wonderful pursuit like going after your love. Chasing after the one that you long to be with. So get wisdom. And so one of the things I asked myself, I was thinking through again, you know, what does it look like if he's saying that wisdom is, is chief, wisdom is foundational, wisdom is the the first thing we should go after. How do we do that? How do we actually attain wisdom? And here's one thing, and I don't want you guys to 
uh, kind of brush this off because the reality is it kind of gets into our Christianese uh, lingo. And we would say, hey, you know, the Bible and pray and stuff like that. And, and you kind of hear it over and over again. But you know what? Don't take it lightly. How do we attain wisdom? We fall in love with the Word. We ask God to minister to us in His Word. We, we rise up in the morning or whenever you choose, but you dive into the Word of God. Because in that you will find wisdom. You will find out who He is. You will find what it means to live for Him. You'll find out who you are in Christ. That's why it's a chief pursuit. Psalm 119. Responding to life in the Word. One of the ways we attain wisdom. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your Word. Ask yourself if you pray this. I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands, O God. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me all of your decrees. With my lips I recount all the ways, all the laws that come from your mouth. And I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. That the word of God would would be a delight for us. That we would attain wisdom as we Again, rise up in the morning and, and get into the Word. Even when you don't feel like it, you know, even before the first cup of coffee where your, your brain's not even going all that good. And you go, Lord, I, I want to know You. I want to know what You have for my life. And therefore, just because I want to, and I don't even feel like it right now, I'm going to dive in. And then you let the Spirit minister to you. And guess what? Then you can start to pray like this. Oh, with all of my heart I seek you. Oh, I rejoice in it as is having riches. It is my treasure. It is my life. You know, one of the things, again, as we study scriptures, and this is what happens, and I do this and I know you do as well, is that we, we hear the word, and then we go, well, that was nice. And what Solomon is getting after and what Jesus gets after is don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. James reminds us of that. Don't deceive yourself by just hearing it but not responding to it. How do you attain wisdom? You attain wisdom by hearing what God has for you and then living it out. You remember Jesus when he taught the wonderful Sermon on the Mount? And we had the joy, you know, the Israel team too to go to this, this wonderful place, and there's a church there now, but there's a natural amphitheater on the Sea of Galilee. It really could be the only place that Jesus would be able to minister and speak to such a large crowd. You, you speak, and it booms out from where you're at. And as Jesus went up, remember it says he went up on the mountainside, and he sat down, and he taught them. And then at the very end, after he gave all this truth on how to live life in Christ, what it means to live in Him. What it means to be a follower of God and that who He is. And, and you've heard it said this, but I say this. Blessed are the poor in spirit. From chapters 5 all the way through the end of 7. And then do you remember at the very end what He 
what he says. He says, listen, the one who hears these words of mine and doesn't do what they say is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. There is no foundation. That's his end of his incredible sermon of life in him. You and I become like the guy building his house on sand. If we just hear God's words, we hear his wisdom, and yet we do nothing about it. We don't respond to what the Spirit is doing. We don't respond to the prompting of the Lord. We just become ones who just hear and it falls to the ground. How do we attain wisdom? We have life in the Word. I think one of the other ways that we do that is we, you know, look at this beautiful body we have. Man, lots of people in this body have experienced a lot of life, and a lot of you have walked with Christ for a long time. I think one of the key ways that we attain wisdom, that wisdom becomes supreme, our chief pursuit, is that we would listen to and engage with the saints in the body. Do you realize that each and every one of us has the same Holy Spirit? So it doesn't just have to be the old gray hairs, right? It doesn't. We have the same Spirit who's ministering to us and the Spirit that gives us wisdom. And so one of the ways that we grow wise is by hearing from each other. That we would get over ourselves. You know, some of us are so prideful And, you know, it's really hard. It's hard for people who are in positions of uh, significant leadership. It's hard for people, honestly, who are brilliant minds because they think they've kind of got most of the answers. It's hard for people who are the ones giving counsel all the time that they would humble themselves and actually ask for counsel. Say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Give me some insight. Give me perspective as you minister. Would you pray over this for me? And offer me some insight. We need each other. Remember what the the church as it began said they met together daily and they broke bread and they were listening to the apostles' teaching. They did everything together. That's the body of Christ. How do we attain wisdom? We spend life together in community. And the last thing I think of how we do that, we ask for it. James says, listen, I want you to ask for it. If you need wisdom, ask for it. I give it generously. I don't sit there and go, I can't believe you're asking for wisdom. He says, I give it generously, but ask with a heart that that trusts me to lead you. Be not only a hearer, but a doer. So ask for it, James 1.5. Ask for wisdom. Right in the middle of the difficult circumstance, ask God for wisdom. The passage finishes up like this. Esteem her and she will exalt you. Embrace her, she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. And what he's saying again, because he knows that we don't do this, sometimes we just hear these things and we just lay them aside. He says, esteem her, give her honor, give her weight, prize wisdom. It isn't something that Solomon's just like, oh, what the heck, I thought I'd tell you about this. It isn't the Lord just passing along some truth that he thinks might be good for us. Esteem it. Take the truth of the Lord and the circumstance... God, give me wisdom. I want to go after it. I need it. I want to know how to live. I want to live in righteousness because I love you. So this morning as we leave, I pray to God that the Spirit will minister. Give wisdom weight. Esteem it. It's an incredible treasure.
exalt it is what will happen to you. It says, as you esteem wisdom, she will exalt you. Have you are you looking for respect? Are you looking to be held as valuable in your community and your work? What Solomon says is, as you go after wisdom, she will be the one that raises you up. Lovely lady wisdom takes as you give her weight, she gives you weight. Embrace her, give her that bear hug. And in this community, you are lifted up before man, this garland of grace. You're lifted up before God because of his son, Jesus. You're lifted up as you understand and live. I had this image, and we'll wrap up with this. It comes out of Corinthians 9. And again, I thought of the Olympics coming up, and these were the Olympics in Greece. But I wanted us to run this way. Do you not know that in a race, Corinthians 9, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And it's that wonderful wreath that is placed on our heads and in the Olympics as we saw in Greece they were given this crown and they were raised up because they went into strict training and they devoted themselves to the race set before them. And what wisdom and what Solomon is saying is let us run in such a way, a way that wisdom is supreme. It's the prize we're going after and what it does is it lifts us up and it gives us life. It gives us who God is, the character of God. Let's not just set it down. Go after it. Amen?